Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, the university where we learn everything that is going on in pop culture and see what life lessons we can learn from it from our own lives. I'm your host, Petty Eminger. You may know me as Petty Pop Culture on TikTok, where I'm pussy popping all over your For You page. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. You are so welcome. Everyone is welcome here. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. Okay, you guys, so I literally lied last Friday when I was like, oh my God, even though it's still the week of Christmas, I'm going to make a podcast episode on Tuesday. I can't wait. See you guys then. Love you. And then yesterday comes around and I don't post a podcast episode. But let me tell you what happened. I didn't mean to lie. Also, you're probably confused why I'm posting on a Wednesday. Um, so Christmas fucked up my sleep schedule so fucking much. I guess I was a bad boy this year or something because I didn't get coal, but I got coal in the form of a fucked up sleep schedule that ruins my week. I usually am up so late at night. Like I usually record this podcast in the wee hours of the morning. I don't know about you, but I can get so much done from like 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. I'm a born to the night bitch. Everyone's like, nothing good happens after 12 a.m. Everything good happens for me after 12 a.m. That's when I do the most shit. I like the, the solitude, the calmness of the nighttime. I'm also like an introvert too. So it's just like my peak hours of the day. But my mom wanted to host Christmas so fucking early, like 7 a.m. or something. So I couldn't sleep before I went to her house. So I just really did not sleep at all. But I'm a great son. So I, you know, I just went through with it. I showed up and everything, and then my sleep schedule got totally flipped around to a normal person's sleep schedule, I guess, but that is not normal for me. I don't know how normies do it. I don't know what sleep schedule you're on. I can't join that club. So all yesterday, I was thinking, even though it was Monday, I thought it was Sunday. And at night, the gag is, I was like, oh, I'm so bored. I wish I could make a podcast episode right now. I guess I'll just think about what topics to talk about tomorrow night when I record. But the whole time, it was actually the night I was supposed to record. I am so dumb. And then I woke up and saw people's comments. Where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? And I was like, no, I lied to them. So it's like one of those moments when the teacher fucks up and all the students are like, you dumbass. And they like drag them and feel free to drag me. Okay. I'm so sorry. But, you know, here I am. But anyway, there's a lot of fun stuff that we're still going to talk about, even though it's a little late, including the trial of the year finally coming to a close and Megan the Stallion winning. You need to hear all the drama that happened after the verdict was read, though. It's insane. Everything that's happening with Tori and Megan. So get ready for that. Then we're going to talk about Kim Kardashian spilling all the tea that we wanted to know this year, like what she really thought about Balenciaga and why she doesn't care that people want her to cancel them and how hard it is to co-parent with Kanye and exactly what her kids think about it, which you're going to really want to hear. And then we're going to talk about how Nick Cannon's Christmas went, even though he has like 11 different children to see and the messiness of it and someone who's defending him and saying that he's a great dad. We need to get into that. And then we're going to talk about why Lizzo's Christmas was so special and something very unique about her that happened this year that I think is super interesting. But before we get into all of it, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify, five star on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on those, you're already here. You may as well do so. Always remember, it's a Tuesday, Friday class. Sometimes the professor is an absent-minded dumbass and (laughs) forgets his days. Um, maybe someone is slipping some lithium into my drinks and I just don't know, but, um, make sure you follow post notifications, screenshot yourself, listening to it, post it to your Instagram story and tag me. And I will always see your DMS. That's how you jump right to the top and I will uh, hit you up. And yeah, all of that looking good. Take your seats class classes in session. Welcome to pop culture university. My pussy is the most expensive meal you'll ever eat you'll ever fuck eat. you, still can't believe I used to trust you The trust only accolade you ever made is that I fucked you a bitch If you get the chance, I bet you snitch You'll never get a chance to tell me, come and pack my shit Ladies, love yourself, cause this shit could get ugly That's why as fuck niggas get money And I don't give a fuck if that nigga leave tonight Because nigga, that dick don't run me You better get on your knees and eat this pussy right Before I have another nigga do it me 
I've never been happier in my whole life, you guys. Justice prevailed. I feel so happy I can like shit a rainbow. I want to literally jump on a rainbow in the sky and slide down into a pot of motherfucking gold like the Irish bitch I am. I'm so happy. The legal system did one thing right finally and suddenly I stand with the judicial system across all of the land because Tory Lanes, that raisin head ass bitch, was found guilty on all three counts for shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. All three counts. Ah! I've never been happier about someone's downfall in my life. And I truly mean that. And I do be praying for some awful people's downfalls, which you guys know about JLo, Kendall, the baby. I be praying for a lot of people's downfalls, but I'm like, I'm so happy that he just, Oh, I'm so happy. They can make a movie about this and it would have a happy ending. Like it deserves to have, because in that courtroom, it was truly like a group of supervillains going after Megan the Stallion on trial, but she took them all down. I'm telling you, she's one of the baddest bitches of all time. And now she can write so many amazing fucking raps with this kind of content. Like, imagine the bars that Megan the Stallion could say now. Like, the last bitch who fucked with me ended up in jail. Or, like, my, my, my last ex who tried to lie on me is under the jail. She like the content in her raps is going to be so amazing. Cause you know what the rap community says? Like you, you have to actually go through something to put it in your bars. Cardi B bought a Lamborghini just so she can rap about having a Lamborghini. She didn't even want one. She literally said that. So her content's going to be amazing. Her bars will be amazing. I truly thought it was going to go the other way too. I thought we were going to have a totally different day. I was shaking, waiting for the verdict if you guys were also watching didn't they take so long weren't you just staring at your phone for so fucking long they it was like one day let's just say like wednesday or something they posted that the jury was in deliberation but they didn't post the verdict till like thursday afternoon i was holding my breath the whole time a lot of us were dming about it if it went the other way it meant like can you imagine how bad it would have been how much shit we would have had to deal with the trolls would have never left her alone and i think her, her career would have suffered a lot for sure People would not respect her. They wouldn't go along with this bad bitch brand, the hot girl coach. People just wouldn't want to like follow her lead anymore. You know what I'm saying? So this win means so much more than just a verdict. So let's get into it. Obviously, on July 12, 2020, Tory Lanez, now we can say, factually shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot according to the court of law. He shot her in the foot. And while he was standing over that car door, probably with a high chair or something on a stool or whatever, a step stool, he he said dance bitch and he shot at the ground shooting her feet thinking he's the biggest man in the whole fucking world a napoleon complex is really scary because tory lanes is a really really tiny boy got you all fired up with your napoleon complex seeing right through you like you're bathing in windex uh-huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. boy why are you so upset the scariest men i know have a napoleon complex so keep that in mind if you ever know someone who's tiny but seriously he shot her that night and, you know, there was witnesses. There was Megan's friend, Kelsey, who were all at the scene and they all know clearly what happened, that Megan was shot. But every single person who was involved in this court case was offered money by Tory Lanez to not say anything. Even if they were on the stand, they had to, you know, put their right hand on the Bible and swear to the gods that they would tell the truth. But since they took a million dollars and hush money really does a lot. Money talks and money gets people not to talk. And let's be honest, if someone offered us a million dollars to just not say that they saw something, we might do it too. It's a million fucking dollars. But if it was, if it was my best friend, never in my life would I take a million dollars to not say that they got shot. So Kelsey's really fucked up for that. And justice was served, but not to Kelsey. And I think she should be held responsible for just some kind of perjury, just some kind of lying. I think she's really gross for that. Um, but yeah, they still couldn't say anything incriminating or bad about them. So it was like a 4v1 on the stand. Megan was already caught in a lie. So that was making it really hard for her in that courtroom too, because on CBS News with Gail King, she said she never had an intimate relationship with Tori. And then since Megan Stallion takes court seriously and she doesn't want to lie under oath, she had to say, you know what? I did have an intimate relationship with Tori. I did sleep with him, but that's embarrassing. So that's why I didn't say that before. So people online were just not respecting her because of that. I, for one, totally understand why that piece of information isn't relevant enough to the fact that she had bullet fragments in her feet and definitely isn't a conversation that you want to watch on CBS this morning. Like me and my family used to watch CBS this morning while I was getting ready to go to fourth grade. We'd watch that to like wake up. So I get that Megan didn't want to expose that to all of America that day. 
just such a silly thing, but people will look for any reason to go against her. But um, Tory Lanez was lying on the stand. Obviously, he's not going to get asked the question, did you shoot Megan and then say yes in front of the jury? Kelsey was lying on the stand. She suddenly couldn't remember anything. She couldn't remember the text that she sent to security guards that, quote, Tori shot Meg, send help, call 911. She doesn't remember sending that text. Really convenient, bitch. Whole lot of fake ass, snake ass, backstabbing, hating ass, no money getting ass, bitches. Like Megan said. The security guard who Megan thought was her friend suddenly disappeared the day he was supposed to testify and tell the truth that he saw Tori shoot Meg. Tori was paying blogs to say his DNA wasn't on the gun. And oh my God, his fans are hanging on to that with every, like, oh, like, ounce within them they're all saying he's still innocent his dna wasn't found on the gun when are they gonna be able to see through the fucking lies and have critical thinking and just use common motherfucking sense that that is a fake blog post these bitches on twitter you know the say cheese account the daily loud account the rap account they don't have to post facts they are not the government like legal blah 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 they're not a legal website.org or a, a website that you would have to cite on a college paper with a bibliography. They're not like they can post lies. And his DNA was in fact found on the, uh, like what's it called? The, it, his DNA was found on the clip of bullets that was in the gun. So I, I, I don't know what they're saying. It was factually found in there. That was a part of it. He even had fake witnesses come forward and say that, Oh, they ominously saw a woman shoot Megan and the, flash of the gun go off by a woman imagine how triggering it would be to be sitting in a courtroom having just gotten shot and have your friends not support you everyone in there lie on you and so much false information be put forward it'd be the most frustrating lonely like depressing feeling especially for someone who was already put down so much online by people for the last three years now when the time comes to finally get justice and you think it's finally going to be over it's like your life flashes before your eyes in the courtroom seeing all of this go down in a villainous evil way by tory lanes and i hope megan wasn't too discouraged through the whole time i hope it wasn't too much of a traumatizing experience for her but let's be honest if i was tory lanes i would have to do the same thing i like if i was facing 22 years in prison his life is literally on the line and honestly we should commend him for the mass manipulation and the intricate web of lies that he put on it, you know he would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for that jury being bad fucking bitches being thick bootylicious rich ass slay motherfuckers if they weren't such iconic individuals i want to shake every single one of their hands individually and thank them and lick all their booty holes i swear i I'm so happy we got some critical thinkers, common sense ass bitches on that stand. They were able to read in between the lines. They were able to see what was a lie, see through Kelsey's. Oh my God. I can only imagine how dumb she sounded on the stand being like, I don't remember. Oh my God. I just forgot everything. Girl, come on. They all deserve a medal of honor. Truly. When they read the verdict to the raisin head ass bitch, Tory Lanez, apparently he didn't even flinch. He just looked forward and didn't say a thing. Megan didn't flinch either. Um, they just immediately cuffed him, took him back into custody. I like how I grin from ear to ear when I read that. Took him back into custody. Ooh. Finally, locked up someone who thinks a gun is a toy. Telling people to dance, bitch. Oh my God. The amount of like truth in the fact that how much of a criminal he is, is just scary. Um, he will be waiting until January 27th in custody for his sentencing. And he could face up to, I guess, 23 years in prison or until he's 53. Ooh, damn. These are like his prime years too. That sucks. And he could be deported back to Canada once he's out. I feel bad for Canada. Like what did Canada do in this to be punished? Fuck. He's already in the prison system online as a registered inmate. <laughs> like damn that was fast they changed his status real quick um so yeah he's already in the system online he's already booked like it's a it's official like tory lanes is an inmate he is in jail which megan the sound's dream has dreams have come true because she said in her rolling stones interview uh earlier this year that she wants tory lanes to go to jail she said quote i want him to go to jail i want him to go under the jail 
period. I want him to go under the jail too. So I'm happy Megan Stone's dreams have come true. Do I think he'll get the full 23 years when he's sentenced next month? No. Let's remember, he is famous. He is like a rapper. He is rich. I'm sure they can work out something. I don't think he'll get 23 years. But he was on probation and he did get three charges. So I feel like he will at least get like seven years, I'm guessing, but definitely not the full sentence. Definitely will be serving something though. So that's what happened immediately after. And then once the courtroom cleared and everyone had to go outside, you know, Team Z was waiting, you know, the Tory fans were waiting, the Megan fans were waiting, and Tory Lane's dad comes out of the courtroom and he is giving us all the post-verdict drama that we live for. He was screaming to the heavens. He was just putting on like that guy in church who's like been touched by Jesus and is falling over and being so dramatic. He was putting on that kind of act and he was screaming in the LAPD's office tell me how there's no fingerprints my god almighty I call heaven and earth to be a record today that rock nation you will crumble I am the apostle of God and you will know who I am I just stood here in this Los Angeles County and witness the worst miscarriage of justice that this world has ever seen you want to know how I feel I'll tell you exactly how I feel. I got some names that I want to call. Alex Spiro, Desiree Perez, and the whole wicked system of Rock Nation, including you, Jay-Z. I'm sorry. I think that video is hilarious. I do respect that man because I totally understand. Like, his son is potentially going to be taken away from him forever. So I understand the theatrics. He's doing what he has to do. I respect it. But... I think he knew his son is guilty. And imagine if he put in that kind of effort and passion into teaching his son to respect women and control himself with weapons that can kill people. And maybe we wouldn't be here. And maybe Megan wouldn't have permanent nerve damage in her feet. No one is more delusional than his fans, though. They still online will all say they're he's innocent, even though the verdict was read. All the evidence is there. Why do people even go so hard for Tory Lanez? His rapping is not good. He's not exciting to look at. He shoots like women. I don't know why people are so on his side. I think it's just because they generally hate women. I think it's just deep-rooted misogyny that all of his fans who think like him, who think like Drake and 50 Cent and these other Megan haters, it's rooted in misogyny. Do you know what else is rooted in misogyny? I've made two videos on TikTok about this in the past two weeks, really avidly supporting Megan and saying basically everything I am now just in a much shorter time. And people have been calling me gay and a faggot in my DMs more than ever in my life. The only thing they can say to put me down after me telling everyone that Tory Lanez is found guilty and how I'm happy that he's getting what he deserves is DMing me and just calling me a faggot. And do you know why? Because they're misogynist and being homophobic is linked to misogyny. I even got a wonderful DM the other day that said this. Yeah, listen up here. You're the biggest fucking scumbag ever. Why the fuck you going around saying that show you about fucking Tory Lanez like you're some fucking bird like shut the fuck up you fucking mad gay bastard like honestly shut the fuck up why the fuck do you talk like that as well like you're some fucking girl like fucking talk normally you cunt yeah the video of just the guy calling me a fag it was lovely what am I supposed to say to that nothing like I'm not someone who's gonna fist fight someone or get into heat with someone to try to prove to them that being gay is okay. Sorry. Nothing I can say is going to derail someone from that thought process. So, and they can call me a fag from the closet if they want. I'm dieting right now. So I'm pissed off all the time. So that's why I said that. But yeah, they can call me a fag from the closet. They're even making a petition to try to get him out of jail. That's not how that works, girl. But there's already thousands of signatures for it. It will not work. It will never work. So, sorry to the Tory Lanez fans. Keep up the morale, though. And maybe he'll be out in time for, like, 2030 to drop a new album. In the meantime, Megan has been MIA. I hope she had a really good Christmas. I hope... I'm kind of happy this happened right before Christmas because then she can get, like, the love bombing and the overjoyness and just the happiness of Christmas to turn her mood around completely. You know, I hope she spent it with friends and her man and her family and everyone who just makes her happy and that really just gets her on this this fresh step forward into the next chapter of her life. She can finally leave this behind her. The trolls won't go away, but 
they will be so much quieter because there's not much to say anymore. Tori will be locked up, completely silent, and she can just have a new lease on life. And I'm so happy for her. Speaking of Tori being locked away, he got to have his first um, Christmas in jail. Oh, God. Like, it, it all happened so fast, right? He already has his first Christmas in jail. And these news outlets are so shady. They posted what his Christmas meal was. And I love just, like, the militantness of it. The, like, compartmentalization of how they serve inmates and how they just treat them like a number or a barcode. This was his meal. Four ounces of roast turkey, four ounces of mashed potatoes, two ounces of gravy, one ounce of cranberry sauce, four ounces of green beans, one cup of tossed green salad, a dinner roll, a pumpkin muffin, and chocolate milk. Like, it's hilarious that everyone got the same exact thing as if they're just numbers in cells. And you know what Megan Thee Stallion was served for Christmas? Justice! She had justice for Christmas dinner, and I could not be happier for her. And like I said, this could have gone such a different way. So I'm so happy that we're celebrating today instead of trying to support Megan if the verdict went the other way. It's such a perfect ending. It truly fills me with so much joy. So what can we learn from this? This whole fiasco and this almost near miss of Tori not getting the guilty verdict was because Tori was spreading spreading mass lies about her and starting this whole group think, this mob mentality to take down Megan the Stallion and spread false narratives about her because he is a bad person. So from that, we can learn to not worry about group think as it is directed towards you or the false narratives that people spread about you. People will spread lies about you and cast narratives upon you to project how awful of a person that they are because they feel insecure. They know the truth doesn't favor them, so they have no choice but to lie on you. And that's why they can't take it personal because they would l- rather live in a reality that isn't real than face the fact that you're better than them. I'm sorry. How do you deal with a group of haters? Just go about your life. Keeping the person that you wish those people thought you were and not who they act like you are. Keep being the truth. Never be the false image that they're trying to project on you because just like Megan, the truth will eventually come to light because there will be no denying it. People will believe what they want to just get themselves through the day. So let them think it. They need it more than you. Leave them alone. And those who want to see the truth will see the truth like the jury. No amount of gaslighting will ever alter the real truth and only care about what someone says about you if you care about them and respect them. Megan did not respect Tory Lanez. She probably doesn't give a fuck what he thinks about her as long as she got the verdict that she wanted. But in cases that we can relate to, if you wouldn't take advice from people who are spreading lies about you and spreading false narratives about you, why even care what they think? You don't care what they think about anything else. So don't care what they think about you. They gotta go get their homegirl for me. If I was still doing broke shit with your broke ass, then your broke ass win won't be. Hey, when I start getting money, I'ma tell you the truth. All the hoes that was hating got their ass cut loose. Bitch, know a little business wanna put it in the news. They'll take it to the net, but I'ma take it to the booth. Give a bitch an inch, she'll take it to the moon. Hoes, let her start a pot and I'ma get a bitch a spoon. Bitch, I'm the one you ain't even the two. You would never be hate if I wouldn't. Whole lot of fake ass, snake ass, backstabbing, hating ass, no money, kidding ass bitches. Y'all acting really ungrateful, I'm staying you hoes. I been coulda fucked y'all niggas. Whole lot of fake Snake ass, cake ass, hate ass, no money, kidding ass, nigga. I really been spamming you niggas, your girl hate me, cause I've been shitting all y'all bitches. I'm the motherfucking pimp. I hope you guys had the best Christmas. I hope you got through your family parties with only a couple panic attacks. People were DMing me their anxieties about family parties, like feeling uncomfortable when you eat at family parties and socializing and feeling alone or not having people to talk to, feeling awkward. Girl, I'm so there with all of that. People who grow up a certain way and grow up with certain traumas like weight trauma, food trauma, or just like feeling awkward on their family, we experience something totally different at family parties. It's not this all-encompassing, super joyous occasion that is just filled with pure joy and excitement. It is those things. It's amazing. It's fun, but can be really nerve-wracking while you're approaching. So I hope everyone's Christmases went so good. Mine were actually very, very easy and good this year. I had really positive experiences, so... I'm really thankful for that. Maybe like one small little panic attack, but nothing too serious. Um, I got Beats headphones. Thank the motherfucking Lord, because my old Beats were falling apart completely. There was like duct tape on both of the sides. Beats are made to last. Like they're really quality headphones and I recommend them. But after the two or three year mark, they will fall apart and look like 
something that Gucci would sell for $5,000 that's deconstructed on purpose that is so fucking ugly. Like when I would lay horizontally on a bench press or something, they would fall off my head. So I'm so happy I got those. My family parties were kind of like super funny too. My one aunt, she always makes us play like silly games and we'll do things like putting potatoes in between our legs and dropping them in buckets or speed stacking shit like that. But she gave us a prize this year and the prize was her face on a prayer candle. She photoshopped her face onto Jesus and gave them out. And she was like, it's the best prize ever. Aren't you so happy? And I was like, I think this is just next level narcissist stuff, like Kanye West narcissist stuff. But so it went super good. And I hope yours did too. Anyway, we need to talk about Kanye West as well. Speaking of him, Kim Kardashian, she just spilled all the tea so randomly too. Like she just chose a random Tuesday to spill everything that's been going on the past year that we've been waiting for. I always think, why doesn't Kim show more on her show? Like, she has a $500 million contract with Hulu, and she could show anything she wants. She could show all the deepest cuts, all the drama, the behind the scenes of these major headline scandals that we all want to know about, and we tune into the show to see, but she never shares anything that deep. It's so produced, it's too clean, it's too PG, it's too easy to watch. And we wish she just got into the deep stuff, but she randomly went on a podcast this week called the In Real Life Podcast with Angie Martinez. And she just spilled everything. But it's like, why would she give that exclusive content to someone's podcast? Does she owe them something? Do they have something on her? Like, what? Why is she doing that? Because I, I was thinking about this. Why would Kim not talk about traumatic stuff on her show? Maybe she thinks her kids will see it. She doesn't want to traumatize them or whatever. But the kids are going to see this podcast when they're older anyway. Just like the kids are going to see the show when they're older anyway. It's all going to live in the public domain. So why not just get into the raw stuff on the show. I don't know. But on the podcast, she talked about how hard it has been to co-parent with Kanye West in this last year. I've been dying for her to speak about this, from him beheading Pete to him saying that she kidnaps her kids and cheats on him. I've been dying to know her real thoughts on Kanye, and she shared it all. She was going on about how, on this hour-long podcast, that her kids, this is the most shocking thing, you guys, her kids know nothing that Kanye has done in the past year in the public. Nothing. They live in that cream color, solitary confinement looking ass house. And they just don't know a thing. Does the Wi-Fi reception not get in there? How does she do that? Apparently, she just puts a lot of restrictions on their phones. I, I, I always wonder how North doesn't see TikToks about Kanye because everyone is talking about him. Everyone weighs in on it. And Kim and North don't block me on TikTok. And... Like, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of people see it. And I talk about Kanye a lot. So, apparently, Kim only has North's TikTok on North's phone. And only lets her see maybe, like, the following page or something. Just, like, these PG accounts that she allows her to follow. I guess she's not allowed to go on the For You page. That would confuse me, though, because North always uses trending sounds and trending audios and knows the dances. So, I knew she was getting people's videos, but I didn't know how Kim was monitoring it. Kim will also turn on, um, like, monitoring parental controls on the television and her friends are the teachers at school so the teachers will linger around while the kids are there and kind of eavesdrop on their conversations and make sure no one else's kid is telling north saint chicago or psalm anything that kanye is doing isn't that crazy she has it on lockdown but what a good mom for that she said she's always so supportive of kanye in front of her kids because no matter what she's going through with him she needs her kids to have a good image of their dad in their head because she had the best dad growing up and she wants them to always just remember their dad is the best dad. So down the line when they're 18 and they can look up whatever they want about Kanye, she will know that they'll always have that childhood foundation of thinking he's this Superman that she always thought that her dad was. That's so big of her given that he is probably the hardest person to co-parent with on the planet. She's not co-parenting with Jake from State Farm. This is like a neurotic ass, like, Nazi, a self-proclaimed Nazi that she has to co-parent with. So I give it up to her. She said that um, one day she knows her kids are going to thank her because of how much she protected them from. And even though it would feel so good to put Kanye in his place and get her revenge or expose all the truths online and publicly fight or even get into it like in front of the kids or whatever. She knows that one day 
they're going to thank her and she's putting them before her revenge to keep the peace for literally everyone. And she said it's working because her kids are turning out really great and normal despite what North posts online. Apparently she is a really normal girl who's creative and fun loving and is just being a kid and being amazing. But at the same time in my home, like I could be going through something But if we're riding to school and they want to listen to their dad's music, no matter what we're going through and no matter what is being happening in the world, like I have to have that, you know, Mm. smile on my face and blast his music and sing along with my kids and act like nothing's wrong. You know, as soon as I drop them off, I can have a good cry or, you know, text back and do what I got to do. But it's like, I had the best dad. I had, I don't want to get emotional. No. It's just been a day for me. But like. It's been a time. It has been. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard. Shit is like co-parenting. It's really fucking hard, Mm -hmm. you know? And like. You're not co-parenting with the, with just anyone. Yeah. For the quietest, easiest. But I had the best dad. Mm -hmm. And I had the best memories and the greatest experience. And. That's all I want for my kids. As long as they can have that, Mm -hmm. that's what I would want for them, you know? So, like, if they don't know things that are being said or what's happening in the world, like, why would I ever bring that energy to them? You can hear in Kim's voice how hard it's been for her to keep the peace in her household and to deal with Kanye. And just, like, the trembling in her voice made me so sad because we see Kim K as this calm, steadfast, so unbreakable person but i feel like we also see her as someone like who we're not even sure lets it affect her or even sees everything that people say about her online or even pays attention to the media and how people drag her because of the lies that kanye spread so the fact that we now know that she sees everything and it really affects her and she has all these opportunities to make her kids take her side and really choose her as the parent that they love and respect and like choose in the divorce or something she could do all of that but she chooses not to and i think that's very big of her and for the greater good is completely for the best and her kids will thank her and i think she's an amazing human being for doing that the other day my my sister like sent me a text and she was like do you think kim is mad that she has to raise a, a kanye demon spawn north and i was like no i think kim is super grateful for everything that kanye has given her in life in terms of like a career boost and four kids like she'll deal with whatever Kanye has to throw her way because she knows she has a lot to thank Kanye for so I think her main issue this was before this podcast even dropped I was like her main issue is just co-parenting with Kanye she will gladly put up with his kids for the rest of her life and I think I was pretty spot on about that but anyway what can we learn from this for our own lives from this situation about Kim having to keep the peace at her home I think we can learn that sometimes getting your peace is less important than keeping the peace for the collective putting yourself first at the expense of others isn't really putting yourself first at all if kim was putting herself first she would have defended her name and dragged kanye through the mud in retaliation but she wasn't putting herself first and the result of that was putting others first and keeping the peace so i think it was the real way to put yourself first i like the quote Putting others first is the path to personal peace. Putting others first is the path to personal peace. And I think Kim is a great example of that. And I think it's absolutely true. You think the first thing that comes to your mind to satisfy your desire to do something for yourself, to clear your name, to make sure you're all good may not be the actual best thing to do. And helping others and putting them first is actually going to make you have a deep sense of internal peace. The last thing Kanye wants is for Kim to have this peace. So Kim's best revenge in the world is keeping her own peace, which she is, and it's driving Kanye crazy. So fighting fire with fire is never the best because both parties get burned and everyone surrounding them will get second degree burns and no one wins. So that's that on that. Kim also talked about the whole Balenciaga scandal on this podcast. She has been so silent about that on Twitter and everything else. And I'm like, now you're saying it just because you're on someone's podcast? Like, what what do they have over you, Kim? I need to know. What does Angie Martinez have over you? But 
if you don't remember the whole Balenciaga scandal and why Kim K is even involved is because Kim K works with Balenciaga. She did multiple fashion shows with them. She does photo shoots, campaigns. That one campaign where she was like sitting in a puddle in a storm in their like blue outfit, just clutching her purse and crossing her legs and dealing with it. She's done a lot of goofy campaigns with Balenciaga, who has a lot of insane campaigns in general, like putting children in situations where they're holding teddy bears filled with bondage and have a bunch of imagery of child molestation and CP, aka child pornography, and even things like child sodomy, like the most bizarre, horrible campaign that they put out this year for their spring-summer 2023 collection that caused everyone on the earth to want to cancel them, want to boycott them. So when Kim Kardashian, one of the biggest celebrity partners with Balenciaga, didn't immediately do that, people were very, very confused. This is all Kim said at first. As a mother of four, I've been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of our children must be held with the highest regard, and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. As for my future with Balenciaga, I'm currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that they should have never happened to begin with, and the actions I'm expecting to see them take to protect children. Kim confronted head-on how mad people were that she did not just jump to cancel them. Or like even with the Balenciaga thing, it was like, everyone was like, why aren't you speaking out? Why aren't you speaking out? And I'm like, wait, I'm not in this campaign. I don't know what's happening. Let me like take a minute to research this. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I saw what everyone was seeing on the internet and the reality of the situation, I completely spoke out and gave my, my thoughts on child porn and completely denounced it. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't say, fuck you, Balenciaga, that's it. People got mad at that. So it's like, I'm, they're mad if I don't speak out, (laughs) they're mad if I do speak out. And if I don't cancel, Mm -hmm. they're just mad that if you don't cancel someone in today's society, then it, it's just can't, like, I know people talk about cancel culture and how crazy it is, yeah. and, but it's still happening. And so it's never been my place. So yeah, Kim made several points in that clip. She wasn't involved. She did condemn them. She did say she's reevaluating her relationship with them. It's kind of pending right now based on their willingness to make a lot of changes, but she didn't cancel them. And a lot of people did not like that approach. Now I don't like cancel culture either. So at that aspect, I see where Kim is coming from. Cancel culture, I think, is silly if someone makes a mistake. I I feel like cancel culture just doesn't really work like people think it does. In extreme situations, like I don't I don't I don't, I don't even know what like what I, I was about to say Bill Cosby, but he like committed a crime. But you know what I mean. In extreme situations where they did something nasty, we should never, even if they get out of jail for some reason, like Bill Cosby, we should never support them publicly ever on any of their endeavors for the rest of time. I completely agree with that. They should be canceled. But in a lot of cases, people just take it as a timeout. Like after Will slapped Chris, yes, people thought literally assaulting someone in live television is cancel worthy. But in reality, Will Smith just got a timeout. And I think that's what the approach should be for most things. Canceling people just doesn't work. And Kim, and I feel like everyone a part of that generation along with Kim just doesn't believe in cancel culture. But the Balenciaga scandal was so bad and there were so many layers to it. It's not like they just accidentally, you know, it slipped their mind that there was one teddy bear wearing bondage gear and they put kids in it. There's so many layers that were really evil and scary and like demonic in that ad campaign and not only did they have all the photos they had imagery of rainbows with demons by them and white bunnies which is symbolism for child abuse and bears with panda eyes which is another symbol for that and they had court case like write-ups or like printed documents of laws that say what they're doing is okay there was a law printed in one of the photographs where the law that they printed basically says that it's okay to put children in a situation that could be implicitly sexual as long as they're not being directly affected in the act. 
So it's almost like they were covering their bases the whole time. And everyone who works at Balenciaga was lying about the fact that they were involved in this. And they signed off on all of these photo shoots and set them all up and were so involved from edit from everything, even down to the editing. So I just think this is something that's so nasty and scary. And Kim has four kids and she's such a billionaire that she has the luxury of choosing what brand to work with. She doesn't really need Balenciaga anymore. They need Kim and she knows that. So if Kim was like broke and didn't have anyone else to work with, she had to keep her job with Balenciaga, I would get it. But Kim has the luxury of choice. So I would have canceled if I was Kim unfollowed broke off everything i would have canceled so i don't really like that she said that i hope in what she said like my relationship with them is pending i hope she ends her relationship with them and just never post with them again i think that would be for the best but i i at the same time i understand her approach of not wanting to be too public about it because it you know it's technically not her problem and she was not involved in it I just hope she never posts again. I think that would be the best thing for her. And I think that's a very Kim K move. So I'm going to have faith in her and give her the benefit of the doubt that she's done with them. She just didn't want to cancel them. In general, Kim this year has been tested a lot from the whole Ray J exposing her sex tape was planned and showing contracts and receipts and trying to take Kim down for what Kim did to Ray J and from everything that Kanye did from beheading her ex-boyfriend to saying she's cheating and kidnapping and the worst person of all time and she'll turn her kids into you know porn stars like chris did with her and how that family's evil and kanye's saying anti-semitic things and he's a nazi and her breaking up with p and the balenciaga scandal saying that she supports child abuse and the get off your ass and work scandal and the marilyn monroe dress scandal there's been so many lies about her this year How does she keep her peace? How does she stay happy? I think that's what we can majorly learn from this. She said that she has a superpower and that superpower is calmness. And she is able to keep her peace because of that. She doesn't feel the need to respond to everything and to pop off at everything, even if she wants to, even though it feels so good. She just knows it's not worth getting worked up about And all of these people around her are just trying to take her down. But her best revenge is just protecting her peace, as we said earlier. And that's more important than fighting back. And when it comes to managing her energy to stay in a positive, light mood, because if I was Kim Kardashian and every single month something crazy was being thrown my way, I would get scared to wake up in the morning to see what people are going to say about me. If I'm going to get sued, if I'll lose all my money, all my brands will go down the drain, whatever. So Kim says that... She takes a huge chunk out of her time every week to just manage the energy around her, whether it's taking a minute to meditate, to sit there, clear your mind of everything and remind yourself that what's affecting your ego isn't a real problem and it's not actually important or going to therapy. She said she's not someone who goes to therapy on a regular basis, but if she feels like in a moment of desperation, she needs it. She'll call up her therapist and ask when's the best time they can talk. She almost like takes pit stops like in nascar if she feels like she's breaking down a bit to get rejuvenated keep the energy around her good and just keep going and that's how she maintains her calmness which is her superpower and because she can maintain her calmness and say so on top of it regardless of everything that comes her way she can take care of her kids and protect their peace as well i like the quote always remember to take care of yourself first and foremost because when you stop taking care of yourself you get out of balance and you really forget how to take care of others so kim has a lot on her back but it's a good message to all of us how much keeping yourself in balance and happy and just keeping yourself okay can do for others and your whole life and i want you guys to dm me if you had like a superpower what would it be something that you're naturally just so good at when it comes to really anything in life i guess i'm not talking about something like physical like i'm not talking about like basketball like if you are that's amazing like slay and you can tell me that too but i want to know like what you're good at mentally and what you think your superpower like the equivalent to kim being calm what is mentally your superpower that's what i want to know i feel like if i if i had one superpower mentally that is equivalent to Kim being calm I would say it's like being in touch with my subconscious you know what they say like a lot of the actions you take every single day or a lot of your decisions that you make you don't even know where that 
motive for the decision is coming from because 80% of the time it's coming from something that you're not even conscious of, but you're subconscious. I feel like I'm really good at digging deep and asking myself, like, what is the real motive I have behind every single thing I do and being very aware of that. And once you are aware of your subconscious beliefs, it makes your life so much clearer. So I go out of my way to realize what I'm doing and then realize the motive beneath the motive, beneath the motive behind it. And I just exercises in doing that. I've gotten very good at that. So I think being in touch with my subconscious is maybe my superpower. Piece by piece, he collected me off the ground where you abandoned things. Piece by piece, he filled the holes that you burned in me at six years old. And you know, he never walks away. He never asks for money. He takes care of me because he loves me. Piece by piece, he restored my faith that a man can be kind and a father could stay. So every Christmas, Santa Claus has a lot to deal with. He has a lot of houses to visit every single night. He has a lot of reindeer to keep in line. He has a wife to keep happy at home. So many elves. Like, he's a CEO. He is the CEO of Christmas. He has a lot to deal with. He has a beard to keep in check. He has to eat all these cookies every night. He's doing, like, the 100,000 calorie challenge every single Christmas. It must be a tough life for him. But someone who's giving Santa a run for his money about being hardworking around Christmas time is Nick motherfucking Cannon. As we know, he's been wilding out without condoms for many years now. At the beginning of 2022, he said his New Year's resolution was to not have any kids, but that did not work. I think he started the year with nine and now he has 11, but he also has a 12th on the way. Wow. Wow. Saying that out loud is crazy. So, This Christmas, he had 11 kids to go visit from six different baby mamas, truly climbing down more chimneys than old St. Nick himself. But you know what the gag is? He actually spent time with all of his kids this Christmas. He literally went to all of their houses and spent a decent chunk of the day with all of them. And we got to commend him for that. We really do. We can poke fun at his situation, the fact that he's reproducing with so many people, people in the media, Twitter can tear him down all day. But at the end of the day, he's putting in more effort than people who only have one kid that live in the same house with them. So good for Nick Cannon for having the good intentions of being a good dad. And it really made a lot of his baby mama's days and they seem to respect him a lot. So this is what he did on Christmas. First and foremost, well, he he didn't do this first, but at night he went to Mariah Carey's house. I wonder how she feels about the whole situation. I feel like just like how she doesn't acknowledge she has a birthday, she probably just doesn't acknowledge it. And that's probably the easiest way to keep your peace. Just completely, just just don't acknowledge things that make you anxious. So smart. Um, Mariah Carey had her kids go out back in their backyard and like meet Santa, which is actually such a cool thing to do. I think I'll do that with my kids when I'm older. She got someone to play Santa, obviously. I'm sorry if you're below the age of 10 and I just spoiled that for you. But she got someone to play Santa and dress up and then get a massive sleigh in her backyard with deer and pretend to be Santa and her kids like took photos with them and then watched them bring Santa in the gifts. That'd be so cool. I should do that with my kids if I'm ever gross fucking rich and can spend $50,000 on that. So he was there. He spent time with their kids, Rock and Row, with another one of his baby mothers, Brittany Bell. He went on like a volunteer trip to the homeless shelters to volunteer handing out food to people who are less fortunate. That's something that people do a lot on Christmas. So that's like a really like cute Christmassy activity that he can do with one of his families on Christmas. Somebody else he got to spend time with, another one of his baby mamas, Abby De La Rose. She, this is actually so cute and makes me like wish Nick Cannon was my dad. I wish I was one of his 11 children Um, ever since. Okay. So she got to spend time with him because on Christmas morning, he came over to play the piano for her and their three kids that they shared together, which is so fucking cute. The fact that he just stopped over to play the piano with his kids and just spend time with them and open gifts. It's just the little things like that that are going to make their kids' lives feel so normal, even though their situation is like the most split household of all time into so many little portions. But 
Abby De La Rosa was really thankful that he came to take some time out of his day to spend time with his kids, even though he has a book schedule. And she posted on Instagram, ever since I was pregnant with the twins, I've always asked Nick to play the piano for me on this special day. Fast forward three years and three kids later, he's playing us the same song on the same beautiful little piano. So thank you, Nick Cannon, for always playing for us on the special day. Merry Christmas to you and yours. And I hope yours created music today. That is so fucking cute. And that literally makes me think if anyone can handle this crazy life it's nick cannon and makes me just gain a lot of respect for him makes my heart grow three sizes like the grinch another one of his baby mamas brie tessie who apparently is going to be on the new season of selling sunsets who's going to have another famous baby mama he spent time with brie and their do they have one kid yeah they're one kid together their five-month-old son legendary love i love that name she has to pick a name that's going to stand out amongst the crowd when there's so many to compete with but um, she posted a photo with him spending a little portion of Christmas morning with her and her kid. And he dressed up as Santa for them. And they did a whole Santa Christmas themed photo shoot, which was so fucking cute. The fact that he has like different bits planned for each one. She said, I'm so thankful for my boys. I love you so much. And even his pregnant baby mama, who they actually had another ch- uh, child together. Her name is Alyssa Scott, but he unfortunately died just a few months after being born. I forgot what of something with his brain, but tragically he died. I think his name was Zen or something, but um, she is just pregnant and he even spent time with her this holiday. I mean, come on. She probably needs someone to give her moral support. She could have been spending her first Christmas with a baby and he's really cool for going out of his way to spend time with her. Um, They went to church and she posted online. Co-parenting is a breeze when you just see eye to eye. It's all about this one. Our Onyx Teamworks makes the dream work. Wait, is Onyx the one they're about to have? I don't even know. But he spent time with his baby mama who is just pregnant right now. I think there's two of them left that he did spend time with, but they didn't post. So we don't know exactly what their plans was. There was like a paparazzi video of him when he went to go volunteer at the homeless shelter. And he looked super, super tired. I posted TikTok about it and people were like, oh my God, he's aging so bad. He has so much on his plate. He's so stressed. But at the end of the day, he's doing way more than people do for kids that literally live in their house. So we got to give it up for Nick Cannon. And he's making it all work. All the baby mamas seem to be in super good spirits. I still think it's irresponsible like what he does having six different households, 11 different kids, because he's not going to be able to be the best dad to each of them, even if he quits all of his jobs and has all the open time in the world. He's never going to be able to spend enough time with each of them. In my opinion, that would make him, you know, the best dad in the world to win the father of the year trophy from each of them. I just don't see that happening for him. And I wish he thought about that more before he had all these kids. I'm not going to harp on him too much, but I think it's definitely irresponsible that he's not going to be able to be taking on the dad, super supportive, always present role that, hopefully a dad should have that I hope to have with my kids one day. Someone who really went out of their way to support him though, was the rapper Akon who sings the song. I see you whining and grinding up on that pole. I know you see me looking at you and you already know I want to fuck you. That guy. So maybe not the best person to take advice from, but definitely a good time to talk to. Akon said that Nick Cannon should actually keep having babies he should just make this problem even worse, exacerbate it a little bit even more. Just keep popping them out. Keep going in, not wrapped up. Keep doing it, Nick. He said it's not a big deal if Nick has more kids because always being there basically for your kid is, quote, a white man thing. That's basically what he said. These are not my words. These are these are Akon's words. He says that who gives a fuck about going to your kids' recitals? And he just thinks the list of what he sees as a good dad is someone who can provide financially and give them a roof over their head. But being there for all the little moments is not a really important thing. All the little stuff that you can experience with your children doesn't really matter. And yes, Nick Cannon's baby mother seem to be getting along fine and are happy or whatever. So Akon says, if the baby mamas are on board, what difference 
does it make? If everyone's fine and the kids are eating and are safe, who cares? Keep having more kids, Nick. So I want to say something that we can learn from this that I thought was um, pretty obvious, but I think just needs to be said for people like Akon out there or people who want to follow the Nick Cannon trend of creating your own race of just your last name and popping out endless amounts of people that are going to have half of your DNA. I just want to say, I think doing the bare minimum for your kids is very uncool. That is that is the least cool thing. And something that we can all learn is that you don't you, like you don't have to have kids and no one is making you do that. You don't have to give into the societal pressure to follow the outline of life and take that step to have kids just to seem normal. No one is making you do that if you do not want to be everything that a kid needs and be the parent that every kid deserves. If you just plan on providing financially and then mentally abusing them or being absent from them and then kicking them out of the house when you're 18, I promise you it's better off if you just don't. And this is me giving you permission to not have kids. And I I want to use um, psychology. I just thought this would be a good example. Do you guys know the five steps of, I forgot what it's called. The It's like the five steps of like, oh, oh, it's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is a very good example that is a very big theory in psychology. And that is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That basically says there's five different things that your kids need growing up that will help them reach self-actualization which is becoming the best version of themselves and confident and able to take care of themselves and have a happy life or whatever. And yes, I think if someone does the bare minimum minimum for their kids, they will reach the two lower levels of the cycle of, of um, I'm sorry, of the hierarchy of needs. They'll reach the bottom two tiers. They'll do that for their kids. So that's nice. The bottom two tiers are the bottom one, like the base one that someone needs first to be able to develop ideally is your physiological needs which is like air food water shelter sleep clothing blah 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 the next one after you have that is safety needs so personal security employment resources health property yes they could probably reach that but that will be completely it if you do the bare minimum they won't have the next three which are love and belonging friendship intimacy family a sense of connection they won't have self-esteem or they could have self-esteem but it's gonna it's gonna make it harder to reach if your father is not being one of the biggest influences in your whole life, helping you reach that, they won't be able to have self-respect, status, recognition, strength, and then all the way at the top, which is what everyone strives for in life, self-actualization. So yes, someone could reach those things if they don't have the best parents. And of course that's possible and amazing, but I think someone should only be having kids if they plan on immensely supporting their kids, not just financially, but also mentally. Because if your parents can't provide you that, you now have to go on a journey by yourself to fulfill those three tiers that are not being fulfilled by your family. And of course, it's possible, but it's a huge advantage for someone to just like be loved by their parents and feel esteem and belonging and connection. And it would just be a fast track to self-actualization, which is the goal. So go to your kid's motherfucking dance recital. My parents were always there for my soccer games or my band recitals or whatever the dumb ass shit I was doing they were always there and it always meant so much to look out in the crowd and see them even if I knew it was the stupidest thing to go to that they still went so do that for your kids Speaking of Megan Thee Stallion and just the whole Tory Lanez thing, do you know what song I really love right now? Plan B by Megan Thee Stallion because I just know it's about Tory Lanez and I love the lyrics where she's like, fuck you, I still can't believe I used to trust you. The only accolade you ever made is that I fucked you. You a bitch. I love that song because as I'm dabbling back into the dating game, these guys have so much fucking nerve with 
how, even though we're just in a talking stage, how they're talking to me, how they are playing fucking games, making plans with me, then not following up, leaving me unopen, and then getting mad when I don't respond. It's like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You must have confused me with someone else, bitch. So I'll be rapping plan B all the fucking time. Not every word, of course. There's one word I don't say in that. But um, I, I, it's just so cathartic for me. Especially in the beginning when she's like, who the fuck you think you're talking to? Fuck me? No, fuck you. Like, I, it's, it's, it's just like, like, I want to bomb the place when guys are being so disrespectful and they've only, you've only talked to them for three days. But then they still expect you to drive to their house and give them something. It's insane to me. So that is just my anthem right now. Not letting any guy fuck with me. Like the fact that they don't think I'm the biggest catch they've ever gotten in their whole life is bewildering to me. These not even that hot bitches think that they don't have to have a personality because they think they're so fucking hot. Like they realize I have someone with the time to listen and who wants to do all these things with me, but I was going to give you a chance. And now you're playing games out of your insecurity. It's so annoying to me. And this dating pool is already making me so upset. But anyway, oh my God, guess who else broke up? I saw this right before I started to make this episode. Pete Davidson and Emily Redakowski, according to page six, broke up. Oh, I feel so bad for Pete. There's only so many 10 out of 10 goddesses left for him to date before they just all go so horrible and he loses them all. He's not going to be able to handle another breakup of that magnitude before he just is sent over the fucking edge. And he's a fragile person. So I'm really hoping, you know, for the third time, I'm hoping that he is doing okay right now. Hopefully he didn't get branded with her name on them. And he is an inspiration for a lot of ugly guys out there, quote unquote, ugly guys for getting girls out of their league. I just want to say to all you guys, do, don't lose hope. Like, keep going for girls out of your league. Just be funny, be nice, and maybe have BDE. I don't even think Pete is ugly, though. I think Pete's cute. But, yeah, don't lose hope just because Pete, it's not working out for Pete, okay? Keep your riz. Don't give up. Hashtag, it gets better, okay? Anyway... I want to finish this episode. It's getting a little long now, but I want to finish this episode talking about Lizzo because Lizzo, this is her first Christmas, shockingly, in her first house ever. This is the first Christmas she spent in a house that she has owned. Isn't that fucking crazy? Because 10 years ago, Lizzo used to spend Christmases sleeping in her car or at her parents' house or at friends' house sleeping on a couch. And she went on like Good Morning America or something to give them a tour of her new house on Christmas. And I'm so happy she got to do that. Just like show it off and have this huge monumental moment with herself. And she decked the whole thing out. She had a Christmas tree that was like 20 feet tall next to her in-ground pool outside. Like what a fucking flex. And she had five Christmas trees. She just really got to relish in the whole Christmas spirit. She made a TikTok about it too. She did a tree tour showing all the different decorations she has for each tree. And she was like, yes, I know this is excessive. Don't judge me. I used to live in my car. So I'm, I'm allowed to be happy in this moment. Nothing says Christmas like a tree by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says Christmas in L.A. like a tree by the pool. It's kind of really cool. I don't think you really get used to like a cool house like this. Like this is genuinely like a cool person house. Yeah. Just 10 years ago, you were sleeping in your car. Yeah. Ooh, staying in like people's rooms and sleeping on their couches. And now on this past tour, which I was blessed to, you know, stay in really nice places, but I was still like, I miss my house. Like, I can't wait to come back home to my bed. And, and I was like, this is the first time I've ever said this. I don't know, it's a milestone for me. And I walked in the kitchen for the first time. Which makes coming home to her very own kitchen that much sweeter. And it was just peaceful and I was like, <gasps> Christmas tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree, Christmas tree. It's, it's, it's excessive. I know. <laughs> Don't come for me, America. Oh, it's magical. <laughs> come on. I know. Not having stuff for a long time and now I got it. Like, I'm going overboard. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm literally Santa Claus. Um, but the fact that she used to just keep following her dreams of music out of her car and never give up and go through all that horrible pain it just makes me understand like 
you can tell when someone doesn't have old money and they've been broke their whole lives and they just made new money because there's such a deeper sense of appreciation and you can just see the awe in their eyes and the thankfulness in their eyes that they finally have money because they really have experienced the physical pain of being out in the cold and maybe going hungry and being super uncomfortable and then like the mental anguish of going through it every day and being worried and anxious and it it just makes me so happy to see the relief in Lizzo's eyes and the overwhelming amount of joy and just celebration that she gets to have with her first Christmas in a home I'm so fucking happy for her yeah that interview is so cute and Lizzo's having such an amazing year even beyond just having a house now she is nominated for six Grammys, has a hit album, had a number one hit, has a documentary, has an Emmy-winning TV show. Am I missing something? She's doing it all this year, and she's just a good-ass person. So seeing her win and her life do a 180 is really inspirational. And what can we learn from this? I just think we should learn from someone who's so shocked that they have a house on Christmas. We can learn to just be so grateful for everything we have this holiday season. It's crazy to me that... I got to unwrap a new pair of a new pair of Beats headphones on Christmas and all these new clothes and give expensive gifts to people and be filled with so much food that I'm getting heartburn the next day and eating all these desserts and just getting the most like luxurious Christmas even if I'm not super super rich just having a nice Christmas that I can actually do these things it never goes past me how grateful I am for those things and seeing all the material items under the tree Yes, that's nice, but just the sense of safety and security that I get every single day that people don't get. Like, there's people in Chicago who probably died this weekend because it was ne- it was negative 30 degrees with the wind chill. The news was saying you can get frostbite in a matter of, like, less than an hour if you're outside and die. So people probably died this weekend in Chicago who are homeless. People could be sick or starving or diseased and not be able to afford health care. So just being so extremely grateful for anything anyone got you even if it's a fucking avocado and you unwrapped it and you're like an avocado thanks just be thankful for that that's what we can learn from lizzo having a house this christmas and i'm so happy for her all right you guys well thank you for listening today on pop culture university i hope you had a good time with the tea and the lessons and you're excited to come back next friday there will be an episode on friday i will not miss it i promise you that i will keep track of my days maybe someone can dm me so we can keep track of the days together but until then have an amazing week work hard so you can play hard um do something this week that scares you maybe in your professional world maybe ask for a raise maybe start applying for new jobs even though you have a job to stay competitive and see what else is out there or network with more people i'm encouraging you to do something like that around this time of like being reflective in the new year i always just get really inspired to do things like that so i'm encouraging you guys to take some risk in your work life this week and be the bad bitches that i know you are I also really want to start the segment where I ask people to send in their drama or something like really tea going on in their life that we can share with the class called, would you like to share that with the class? (laughs) I think it'd be a fun segment. So DM me if you'd be interested in that. And then maybe we can start doing that soon. Make sure you're following me on Instagram to get any updates about the podcast. Like if I miss a day again at Petty Pop Culture, follow me in there at Petty Pop Culture, DM me on there. You'll get updates about merchandise when it comes out. I am still working on it. I didn't like the first design, but it's still being worked on. I will give you updates about that. Get excited for that. Until next time, rate this podcast five star. Get excited for Friday. Screenshot yourself, post, uh, listening to it, post it on your Instagram story and tag me. And I will see you guys then. Okay, bye. Love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.